Idiot. Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Vrana is rumored to make his return. And what is the asking price for Tyler Bertuzzi? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. And today, Scotty, we kind of came in. To the day, we had it planned out. We're going to talk at length about the Tyler Bertuzzi situation and then do a game preview. But things have happened, and news has come out that has kind of muddled that plan. We still will, but there's several other things going on. What's up? Um, I just want to say that you calling me an idiot before we started definitely made it into the recording. Oh, like, I, I'm, sure like, I'm sure it did. Like, it was like a full second after we started recording. So the first word of this podcast is just going to be silence. There's going to be idiot. <laughs> well that's what you get I, for for the record guys it was directed at me not you everyone yeah uh he, right as the countdown was happening he just said your mom into the mic <laughs> so Bang. i mean it was uh i think it was a, the correct response to scotty I think i'm in the right but uh I, mm. yeah no th- there's a lot of <laughs> stuff to talk about which is always fun for an off day right i, I mean we don't we, oh yeah it's good news well right well, yeah, good yeah, it's good. good. It's, radio. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I mean, doing a show five days a week, every once in a while, you have an off day where we're, we're kind of, we have to brainstorm a lot more to figure out what we're going to talk about. And this today was certainly not one of those days. We yeah. got plenty to go over, but um, where do you want to start? I think the Verona. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the Verona stuff is the most pressing. Cause that was the thing that kind of came up as um, David Pagnata. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not completely sure. Uh, reported early in the day that he's hearing that Verona is going to get called up soon. Now, he's like a Leafs guy. And last week, he also reported that he was never going to wear the wing wheel again. So it kind of felt, it kind of came off as one of those things where he's throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then Ryan Hanna of Winged Wheel Podcast, a great, another great Red Wings pro- podcast that I'm sure many of you guys are already listening to. If not, go for it. Um, he said that he also confirmed with his independent sources, whatever that means that, uh, Rana is making his return. And then a guy on a, a guy who follows us on Twitter and follows me on Twitter and the grind line posted photos saying like, Hey, he's like on my flight. Now, all of that, unfortunately is unverifiable. Like it comes down to it. Like we don't know when those right. photos were taken. Nobody ever said who their source was. It was always just sources. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to say, I don't believe these to be accurate but i do want to just throw that out in the ether that we haven't heard from any like red wings media not max boltman you know not your helene st james not the red wings themselves that this is happening so we don't have any solid country not or or any of your big national b writers you didn't hear from elliot friedman you didn't hear from jeff merrick so we have not heard from a source that i personally trust 100 that vrana is coming back so I know it seems very pessimistic of me, Scotty, to take this approach. Actually, I know you agree with me. So I guess I'm not well, saying this to the fans, but 
If it's true, fantastic, and we are going to talk about the implications behind that, but we are taking this all with one large grain of salt. Right. This is just a precursor to us still having the conversation. Like We're yes. still going to talk about, like, oh, what does this mean for the team? We'll get into that conversation in, like, 30 seconds, but like especially – like, like for me, you know, I, I am a journalist and like journalistic integrity and not integrity, but just like following up with sources and what sources you use and whatnot. Like until we hear from the team, we're going to put a precursor in front of everything that is, you know, oh, you know, take this with what you will, but no one with the team has confirmed. That's it. It's, it's no, like you said, it's obviously not a indictment on any of the sources themselves or where those people found out or, or whatever. That's, that's all whatever. But just as a as as a journalist, we do have to, you know, precurse that with just like, hey, just so you're aware, hasn't come from the team yet. That being said, it is a fascinating conversation. And that's the main point of, of all of this. Um, you know, I uh, if it's true, I'm pumped. Like, I'm happy for Verona. I think that the really intriguing conversation comes in with where. <laughs> well, I don't even know why. Like, he went on a little bit of a heater. Right. But I, I think the the question then becomes at whose expense right like yeah. that's uh, no one was put on waivers no one had like that conversation hasn't started yet and you know if it is like a by the end of the week thing uh maybe he joins the team when they come back home like after the western road trip or whatever so there, there's a lot of different different kind of pieces in play here but uh that is definitely i i think the bulk of the conversation is is like okay that's great it's awesome if he comes back like i said he's been on a heater that's all great but uh you know who who is it at the expense of at this present moment yeah and that's the big question obviously so the waiver wire came and passed on tuesday and we're recording this about 345 on tuesday so by the time we're recording or by the time this airs this all could be outdated it's information. Yeah, somebody might have actually confirmed it, and then we just yeah. had this conversation for no reason. But, um, but for where we're at right now and what we're talking about, we know for a fact that two p.m. two p.m. came and went, and nobody from the Red Wings was placed on the waiver wire, which would indicate if Verona is to play on Wednesday against Edmonton, which we'll preview in segment three, that somebody would have to go on the IR for him to be officially called up to the roster. And that would lead you to believe, okay, well, there's only two players who are hurt right now, and that's Raymond and Wallman. And if you're calling up a forward, you would lead you to believe that maybe Raymond is a little bit more hurt than initially anticipated, which would be a huge blow, not just to the Red Wings, but to the development of this you know, young stud. Yeah, for sure. I, that's definitely where your brain goes immediately is just thinking about the, the, that really is it. Like there's no way that you're gonna, in my eyes, I don't really see a, a way in which you're waving or cutting someone in the middle of a West coast road trip. That feels like really weird timing to just be like, okay, we're kind of tired of Pew Suter right now. Like that's just, <laughs> or Adam, or, like, well, we already did Ernie, I guess, but you know what I mean? Like that just feels like weird timing. So um, I, I feel like it would probably, if it is a, a, an immediate thing, then it, it, you're right. It is probably an injury that is worse than we expect at the present moment. But again, it could also very much be a, a, a by the end of the week thing. It could be a, um, I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, there's rumors about it being like, a, a you know, we want to showcase him for the trade yeah. deadline. There's a lot of rumors going around there and, uh, we, we, <laughs> 
we really are not going to know anything until something happens. So, yeah, I mean, I think what we just stated was probably the most realistic and unfortunately most depressing <laughs> situation, which would be Raymond's hurt or Wallman is hurt more than they thought they were. They have to go on the IR. And so now you have a free roster spot for Verona to be called up. But I think there's two other situations too that I think could be possible. Again, we're going in like lesser possibilities, like big, smaller percentages of possibilities. And I think the second possibility is maybe he doesn't play the first game in Edmonton. Maybe tomorrow somebody goes on the waivers for the game on Thursday. So he plays on Thursday against Calgary. So he gets one day of practice in with the team in if Edmonton. No one's hurt. Why wouldn't they just wait until they came home? Why are you flying him out to the west side of the continent and then just flying him right back after? Maybe he had been playing so well that they could no longer ignore, uh, you know, what he was doing down there. I don't know. Maybe they're. Yes, it just feels weird. It does. It does feel weird. I, I I agree with you. Again, the first situation, the first scenario is the one that seems most likely. But this is the second scenario I could come up with. Like maybe now they're like, okay, let's get him a day of practice. We'll wave somebody tomorrow. We'll make our roster decision to wave somebody tomorrow. And then uh, he'll play Thursday against Calgary. That's the, right. my other second possibility. It's not a high possibility, but I, that's what I was maybe thinking as another one. Maybe. I mean, it really is. It, what, this is this entire segment is speculation. Yeah, speculation <laughs> on top like, of speculation. Right, which like we have been very open about. We're not trying to to start anything that we you know we don't know any information, but um, definitely a a very very strange series of of reports and events on tuesday yeah absolutely and then the third scenario is you kind of hinted at their trade showcase that or there's a trade already in the works for the red wings and that maybe tyler bertuzzi's on his way out the door maybe an oscar sunquist is on the way at the door and then a roster spot would open up because of that because that's, that's just been speculation like for a while that after the trade deadline he could get called up this the, the the thing that's weird about all of this, no matter which avenue is true, is we know and have talked about at length how like airtight this organization is with mm -hmm. moves and no one knows what's coming and everything's a surprise all the time. And for the biggest story, one of the biggest storylines of the entire season to just get kind of like info leaked early just feels super weird and, and so this whole situation continues to to kind of be hard to to wrap my brain around but um yeah that i mean that's certainly a a, a possibility i guess they, these are all possibilities yeah i i completely agree and it just make it just is weird that they ship them out to the West coast. I, I don't, yeah, I that's <laughs> the part that makes the least amount of sense to me. Like if you're, if you're going to call them up, sure. You know, like, like we said, he's been on a little bit of a hot streak. That's fine. But sending him out to halfway through a West coast road trip to play the last two games of a West coast road trip and then come right back makes almost no sense to me. Like the only justification for that in my eyes, if it is, right now when it's not a oh you know after the they come back home type of thing the the only justification for that in my eyes is is an injury because like i i don't understand why you would do that right now but Thank god i hope it's not an injury <laughs> i yes, really hope it's course. not an injury but all right uh we got to get to a quick break when we come back uh we'll transition into the tyler bertuzzi stuff what his value to this team is in terms of trade bait 
But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you don't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you ha- you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, we talked about Verona. Now let's get to our regularly scheduled program. This is what we were planning to begin with. Now there were rumors circulating over the weekend that and these were pretty pretty confirmed rumors um, that there were short trade talks with Tyler Bertuzzi and they didn't go anywhere, or not trade talks, uh, extension talks with Tyler Bertuzzi that didn't go anywhere. And so that the team is going to opt to trade him and that there are at least three teams interested in Dallas, Tampa Bay, and Edmonton Oilers. Who would have guessed? Uh, so one, you play Edmonton literally today by the time people are listening to this. And that's going to be a huge showcase for him in front of the team, his former GM, the guy who drafted him in Ken Holland. But the conversation here, Scotty, is... After all, after the fantastic season last year, but then all the injuries this year and the slow start to then now heating up and playing great and looking like his old self now, where is Tyler Bertuzzi's value at? That's the million dollar question. Um, it's it's also I think nearly impossible to answer <laughs> definitively. You know what I mean? Like I, it's it's <laughs> I. I, it wouldn't shock me if we got a return that everybody looked at and went, oh, that's nice. And it also wouldn't shock me if we got a return and everybody went, what the heck are we doing? Um, I would caution people to be cautiously optimistic about the type of return that you could get out of Burt. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Was that yesterday, two days ago? Um, we talked about it very briefly. Right, yeah. And it, it's just – it's a situation where he has – not been very healthy the last three seasons now and he did have a productive season but he has been I mean he was on a contract year what he signed like a one-year type of thing last year like it's just it's been a really weird last three seasons for Burt unfortunately and I think that it it might take a big chunk out of his trade value that two or three seasons ago when people were having these conversations about like, Oh, do we trade Burton now while his values at its highest, blah, blah, blah. I I don't think it's going to be that high. And the biggest thing that I, I, my biggest point that I keep reiterating over and over and over again is uh, aside from how well he's played, aside from how much time he's missed, aside from all that, the main point is expiring deal. You're not going to get a crazy haul for an expiring deal. Now, if it's presumed that they are going to sign whoever he is traded to is going to sign him to a contract extension immediately, that becomes a different conversation. But if he if he's a true rental and you are trading him to a team that is just going to let him play the rest of the year and then he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, 
you are not going to get a whole lot. So you better either try and, and just maximize that value and try and get a, a good trade, even despite the fact that he's a rental, or try and find a trade partner that has the cap space and the ability to extend him immediately. Because that's the only way that you're going to get uh, – uh, uh, I said this yesterday too. I'm not saying you're gonna get him, you're gonna get rid of him for nothing. I'm not saying we're gonna get a sixth. Like we're, it, it's gonna, you know what I mean. Like I, I'm not trying to to yeah. be too dramatic about it, but it, that value comes with with team control much more than than player performance and value does. So uh, the the fact that he's a rental, I think, is the biggest hit uh, of anything we'll talk about today to his value. I think that, and this might be my bias showing, but I do think that you could still very well get a pick and a prospect out of him. No, the caliber I'm of the not pick against the, that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the pick and the prospect is going to vary. I mean, I think that he's at, on a very base level, he's worth a first round pick. I really do believe that. He's got the talent level. You can see, you saw what he can do when he's playing his game the right way, how he can produce. He's not always going to show up on the score sheet. Uh, but he will almost always have an impact on how a positive play pans out. Yesterday, he did end up on the score sheet with the assists on Dylan Larkin's second goal. But that second goal does not happen without him forechecking behind the neck and net and forcing a turnover. Like, he is a high-value winger, and I think any team is going to covet the type of style he brings. And I know he's a rental, and in all reality, Scotty, you're talking about, you know, you're going to get a lower return if he doesn't sign an extension. I doubt he's going to sign an extension with any team that he gets traded to at the deadline. I highly highly expect him to hit free agency and then that's how he gets paid so you are looking at a rental return but you've seen huge rental returns in the past i mean ben Sherat netted a first round pick last year so i mean <laughs> it is possible that this happens and i think that tyler bertuzzi could definitely get a first round pick and i do think he can get a pretty decent prospect now the question becomes at this point in the rebuild scotty what do you prefer high-end prospect or a top draft pick in return for a player? Like, do you have the patience to allow another first-round pick to develop, or would you rather have a prospect that's already been drafted in the system to come back instead? Uh, if you're making me choose between one or the other, I, I would say uh, a near NHL-ready or like just made his debut NHL-ready higher-end prospect than a, than a draft pick at this point. But you also have to remember a couple of things. You are not, I'm I'm going to reiterate this very clearly, crystal, right? You are not getting a first-round pick from any team that has a remote chance of being in the lottery this year. It's not happening, okay? You're not, it's not. Well, you wouldn't trade him to those teams anyways because those teams- No, you're not trading him to the bad teams buyers. for sure. But <laughs> I'm talking about if you are even a fringe team. Like, if you're going all in and you're just like, oh, we're just- we're just going to get rid of all of our future and all of our future assets for players this year, and we're going all in. That's one thing. But even the fringe teams that are like, oh, they might make the playoffs, they might miss the playoffs, no team is going to to chop off their own hand at a, at a chance to get Bedard. So that's not happening. Um, so that limits your market a lot, right? And then, again, you talk about the first-round pick thing. Uh, like, I I'm really – I'm not trying to be like Sky is falling overly dramatic and say that you're going to get nothing for him. But, uh, like, I, I don't think you're going to get a first and a top-end, quote-unquote, prospect for him. I don't. I would imagine, I would imagine it would be either a first and a mid-tier prospect or a high-end prospect and a mid-tier pick. If, if I'm just going off Maybe. gut feeling. Just off gut feeling. I have no – 
inclinations, no sources, no sources no. that are telling <laughs> no, me one sure. way or the other. But that's just what my gut is feeling his value is. For sure, which is which is totally fair. I I, I still think it's possible to get a pick and a prospect. I, I just I I don't I don't and look I. I would much prefer me be wrong and it benefit my favorite team. So yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping for an alternative, but the, the logical part of my brain doesn't see like a first round pick and a prospect that's like shiny and you go, Oh wow. That's one of the, their team's best prospects or whatever. I, I think you're, you're going to get maybe one or the other, I guess, to your point, that might be a, a realistic possibility, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think, first round pick conversation you'd be having to trade him to a, a team that is going to be a cup contender and it's going to be a pick between 27 and 32 anyway absolutely um and i posted this question i let it out to the people on twitter i asked bertuzzi will be dealt at the deadline what do you prefer at this point in this rebuild in terms of return uh player prospect or picks and it's it's a close race so far uh with 21 hours left on the poll there's 190 votes 33% want player, 39% want prospect, and 28% want picks. So for, even though it's sense. close, people tend to agree with us that it's at this point in the rebuild, we want prospects rather than picks because we want to be it's, closer to the end. So my thing isn't even necessarily like people that have quote-unquote prospect status. I, I just – I need young and team control. I need someone who is not going to become a UFA – in the next several years, you know, it's going to have team control for a few years, then be an RFA and you can keep around. That's my biggest thing. Not necessarily. They don't have to be 19. They don't have to be 20. I, I just, I need somebody who I, I, I would prefer them to be closer to NHL ready or in the NHL already, but I, I need that player to, to have some team control. And I would certainly prefer team control, young promising player over honestly, uh, uh, legitimate prospect that's nowhere like not at the nhl yet or uh certainly a, a draft pick on top of that as well but again i think you're you're kind of in a conversation where it might be possible to get both i i just i don't think it's going to be shiny on on either end if you do both all right uh when we come back we'll move into our game preview completely drew a blank there for a second <laughs> that was crazy uh, we'll talk about the Edmonton Oilers. We just played them last week. Last team to beat the Red Wings is now they're on a three-game winning streak. Let's continue that and split the season series against Edmonton. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't know, don't want to compromise taste, then, man, we just got the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. Perfect for a New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they're only 130 grams or 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to Built.com. Now you can go to Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs at Walmart, or if you go to Sam's club, you can get a 13 bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. Go to built.com, go to Sam's club or go to Walmart. You won't regret it. Segment three, lockdown Red Wings podcast, Scotty and I let's 
We're going to move into a game preview now. Uh, the Red Wings are playing the Edmonton Oilers today. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, they lost last week. What was it? Five to two was the final score in that one. Yeah. It's so. close. It's close enough in recent memory that I haven't completely forgotten what happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I remember that game being one of those games where it felt like the team played better than the results relayed, yeah. uh, but it didn't go their way regardless. And, you know, we talk a lot in that game about the fact that the Edmonton Oilers had by far the league best power play. And they scored once on four attempts, if I'm recalling correctly. So Correct. We we took a victory lap at them only scoring once on the power play because their power play is literally almost 33.33%. And we also took a victory lap on the fact that Drysaddle and McDavid did not score in that game. And yet... Did not score goals. They had points. Score. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. So, despite all that, the Red Wings still lost. So, talking about how the Red Wings can fix that and win at what was it called Rogers place was yeah. the name of their arena. What do you got to do, man? Like you succeeded my, you had mild success in the things we wanted them to do last time they played each other and they still lost. So what do you got to do to beat Edmonton this time? Um, well, I think it's hard for me to envision us taking this team down without our post game recap, heavily talking about, how much of an amazing performance Philly Huso had. I, I, it's really tough for me to see an avenue for us to win without a noticeable, like, I'm him effort from Billy Huso. Now, if I recall correctly, I might as well just pull this up. If I recall correctly, that was a game where Huso did not play that well. In fact, if I'm remembering correctly, as I am pulling up the, the stats now, the Red Wings outshot the Oilers by almost 10 in that game. Yeah, yeah, thirty-two to twenty-seven. So they outshot them by five, but they just couldn't bury the puck, and the Oilers were able to get them past Villahuso. And I remember this being a game where Villahuso did not play that well, followed by three consecutive games where Villahuso played really well. But the question is, is Villahuso even going to be in net for this game? I, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. This, this, the West. Southern Canada plus Seattle road trip is really is really uh, a brutal stretch. I I would still put him in net, but it's not like the rest of the road trip is considerably easier. But I think I would still put my chances as better with with Huso in net against a team like Edmonton and just with that offense. But uh, I mean, we we know what the defense is going to do. Like we, we pretty much know that they are going to, you know, Edmonton's probably not going to have a boatload of shots, but they're going to have a ton of high danger opportunities in the high and low slot. And I, I just, I really, re like the offense has been really solid lately, but in the same breath, they've been going up against just a horrible goalie situation. Edmonton, you know, it's not, it's not a, a Vesna situation, but it's certainly better than Vancouver. So like I, I don't know. I, I expect the the wings to score some goals, but at the end of the day, Edmonton is just going to outscore you. And the only way, because the defense is not going to randomly change overnight. It's been uh, over half a season of, of what it is. We know what they're going to do. So I, I think we're, we're really just going to heavily have to lean on whoever is in net, I guess I'll say, but I'm going to assume it's who so still. Yeah. And 
I do think that the defense has been playing better of late, especially in that game against Calgary. And if we can get a Calgary caliber performance, then, you know, that will go a long way into making this a much more winnable game. Cause I do think the Oilers are beatable. I mean, they have obviously have the two best players in the world on their team, but outside of that, they have tons of cracks. For I mean, sure. they're very, very much carried by those two their guys. And, and is, Nugent Hopkins is playing great this year. But yeah, their their defense is paper thin. Like you should have opportunities mm-hmm. to to go toe to toe with them offensively. It just it's it's a matter of not giving up five to seven. <laughs> yeah, that's precisely it. So you know, would I bet on because the odds aren't up yet uh, on Fanduel? I'll take the over again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would take the over as well. I. I I would take the over, but I wouldn't want to. I would probably end up taking the Oilers in this game, especially because they're at home. Um, but that doesn't mean like I strongly believe they're going to put a thrashing on. I think the Red Wings are capable right now, especially on this hot streak that they're riding. I think they're capable of beating this team if they can contain. They need to contain that top end talent, but that's sure. something that this team struggles at doing. It's something the team wants to do. The team wants to be a team that can contain, and they're getting better at it. We've seen improvements since the All-Star break, but it's just not quite there yet, I think, to completely contain the two greatest players in the game of hockey right now. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. I think that this is a, a winnable game. I'm not, you know, we're not trying to make it sound like it's a it's an impossible task. Like, we very much could be talking about a, a victory in the game recap tomorrow, but in the same breath that, you know, if you're a, if you're a betting person, I think you probably are. It's hard not to lean with, with Edmonton, and it, I think a lot of it is going to come down to to unfairly putting a lot of, of weight on on Huso's shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Scotty, let's see. Oh, good news! Ken Cal just tweeted out that Jake Wolman is practicing today. Nice uh, with the that's team. Good. I did not see anything about Raymond though, so that might. Again, that's just adding fuel to the fire of speculation. Right. Uh, he's wearing a gray practice jersey, but I'm pretty sure the non-contact jerseys for the Red Wings are blue. So that's uh, that should be another good sign if he's not wearing non-contact. So that's yeah. one little piece of good news for Red Wings fans out there. Yes. All right. Any final thoughts? We ball. We do ball. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a another late-night game recap. Thank you, Western Canada. That'll be fun. They should just start their games at 3 p.m. on the weekdays. I'm just I'm gonna say it. Like that should just be. I don't care if they're at work. They should just do this for us. For us. For us. For us. All right. Same time. Same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day. <laughs>